Hey, what's up, guys? Here on the Fire Sports Pod, where everything we do here is fire. You guys know the drill. So let's get right to this audio show I got for you guys today. Um, if you guys, I'm going to tell you guys that we just, we're about to post our YouTube show. I just finished it up about 10, 10 minutes ago. Uh, I got my cameraman working on that right now. Uh, but we're rolling with the audio show. We got a big audio show for you guys today. Got a lot of stuff to cover. A lot of things happening over the weekend. Uh, NFL season just started last night. Uh, Chiefs took the dub. Uh, I mean, um, Chiefs lost to the Lions 21-20. It was a very shocking loss. We're going to have more for you that when uh, we bring up the uh, Travis Kelsey injury and Chris Jones holding holding out. And also attending the game, which was a little weird. But the first segment we got for you guys today is USA men's basketball team goes down in the semifinals. Um, Elaine in Philippines, there will be no gold medal for the U.S. As, as this World Cup. And for the second consecutive time in the FIBA's biggest tournament, there might not be any medal at all for the Americans. Instead, it's Germany on the cusp of a world title. Andreas Opp scored 24 points, Francis Wagner added 22, and Germany scored more points than any team ever has against a U.S. basketball USA basketball team featuring NBA players, earning a 113 to 111 win in the World Cup semifinals on Friday night. This team is a very worthy of a winning of winning a championship. USA coach Steve Kerr said, "And we just didn't get it done. No, it didn't." And now questions will fly once again. USA Basketball has been talking for years about the, how the uh, continuity of the top international teams has closed what was once a sizable gap between the Americas, Americans and the rest of the world. The U.S. has won the last four Olympic titles, but now it's two straight World Cups with no gold for the winningest program on the planet. Terrible, U.S. guard and captain Jalen Brunson said, plain and simple. Jeremy, the last unbeaten team left in the tournament at 7-0, will play Serbia on Sunday, 8.40 a.m. Eastern Time, EDC, EDT, uh, for the World Cup title. Serbia beat Canada in the first semifinal, getting into the second World Cup final in the last three tournaments. It lost 129-92 to the U.S. in the 2014 championship game. Canada will play for the U.S. for bronze Sunday, 4.40 a.m. EDT. Abe uh, Ops hit the shot of the night, a three-pointer with 115 left to put Germany up 4 by 4 and just about snuff out a last-ditch USA rally. Germany led for 30 for led for 30 of the 40 of the game's 40 minutes, and the U.S. led for about four and a half. And there was little question who was controlling play much of the way. It's a special group. Germany coach Gordon Herbert said after his team made the World Cup final for the last time, they the way we played. The way we played together, we stuck together, then things go through, and we played. We had players who made some huge plays, one more to go. The U.S. US down by 10 midway through the fourth, nearly pulled off a comeback, getting within one point on two separate occasions in the final minutes, but the Americans never got the lead, and it was the Germans jumping and hugging at time expired. We knew the task at hand. And that was going. That was to go to win. USA guard Austin Reeves said, and we didn't do that. Anthony Edwards scored 33, 23 points for the U.S. Five and two, which got twenty-one from Reeves, seventeen from Mikael Bridges, and fifteen from Brunson. The Americans shot fifty-eight percent, but led, 
but let Germany shoot 58% as well. And that was the ultimate undoing. If you give up 113 points in a 40-minute game, you're not going to win many of those, Reeves said. The previous high for points allowed by the U.S. men's team in the Olympics World Cup in the era when the NBA players could be used going back to 1992 was 110. And that was earlier in this tournament against Lithuania, which also was a U.S. loss. That loss didn't doom the America's gold medal hopes. This one did. We weren't ever able to make them feel us defensively, Kerr said. Germany had been 0-6 entering Friday against the Americans in the World Cup or Olympic competition, usually getting blown out in those games. Not this time. Once again, even bringing the only roster filled with all NBA players wasn't enough for the U.S. at the World Cup. The Americans finished 7th at the 2019 World Cup in China. This finished 3rd or 4th will technically be better, but nothing other than gold was going to be satisf satisfactory for the U.S. basketball. Daniel Tice had 21 points for Germany. The Tice has scored 21 or more points six times in his NBA career and picked Friday for one of the games of his life. Obviously, a historic win for Germany, Franz Wagner said. We've got one more to go. So if you guys look at that, what I just said, USA is going down the twos when it comes to teams. I mean, our roster was good, but they're not. There's no big names. There's no LeBron. There's no Steph Curry. There's no Jason Tatum. There's no Anthony Davis. There's no Yoke. There's no any of the USA guys. There's none of them. We had Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Harris, Jared Jackson Jr., Portis Jr., Austin Reeves. All these guys. But we don't have big name guys. Like these guys aren't huge superstars that that like the Kobe's of them all, the LeBrons, the Jordans, the Mike, uh, the um, um, Kyrie Irving, the um, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Jason Tate, and like these guys are the big guys. These guys are just coming out there. They're people on the on the bench or or playing and starting, but they're not the NBA's best. So it, it, we got some thinking to do. I mean, we did lose, so we're done. And it's kind of sad to see that the USA is already out of the FIBA World Cup, but it is what it is. The better team won, and um, hats off for Germany, and good luck in their uh, the next uh, the next round. But moving on from the FIBA World Cup and how USA really sucked this year and um, really went down the tubes, uh, let's move on to the New York Yankees. Now, the Yankees front office might need to go, but what's kill what's getting us go going around the corner and winning games right now is our rookies, man. Our top prospects could promise bright future. It ain't gonna promise. It's definitely go it's gonna promise, and even more than that, our bright future with these young guys are gonna be fantastic. History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Maybe you're not a poet, but if you're a baseball fan, you abduct uh, undoubtedly noticed over the years. Just how often the game of baseball mimics itself. Don't believe me? Let's go back in time. The New York Yankees sitting at 56 on 56 on the season were in Fenway Park to take on the Boston Red Sox to the plate. In a 6-4 ball game, stepped the rookie phenom named Gary Sanchez on a 2-0 pitch. Sanchez swung hard and launched the ball deep into Boston night. Damn, seven years ago today, Gary Sanchez hit his first career home run down 6-4 in the top of the eighth. That's nuts. The ma uh, majestic fly ball was the first run home run of Sanchez's career and kickstarted what may go down as the most dominant start of a, to a career ever. From August 10th through the 27th, in span of 15 games, Sanchez became the fastest player ever to record 11 career home runs. That home run was also the start of a movement. Three days later, August 13th, two more rookies arrived in the Bronx. First baseman Tyler Austin and some guy named Aaron Judge, wearing low socks, hit, uh, hit. 
back-to-back home runs in their first ever big lead at bats. It was official the baby bombers were born and the baseball world was on notice. Starting that August, the twenty uh, the twenty sixteen Yankees were able to stay stab off what would have been the franchise first losing season since nineteen ninety two. That sixty game span also set the stage for a dramatic twenty seventeen run to the America League Championship Series. It catapulted the young young Yankees into contenders. Sound familiar? It should. Fast forward the time machine eight, seven years. To 2023, it lands in Houston, Texas on September 1st alongside an unidentified flying object out of the foreign spacecraft and onto the ball field steps a 5 foot 9 inch 20 year old kid named Jason Dominguez. And how would the Martian make his presence felt on Earth? You guessed it. Jason Dominguez takes Justin Verlander deep in his first MLB at bat. Two run shot. A home run in his first ever big league at bat, just like Judge, but Dominguez wasn't the only youngster to burst onto the scene deep into the heart of Texas. Fellow rookies Everson Pereira, Austin Wells, Oswaldo Peraza, and Anthony Volpe all played major roles in New York's first sweep of their rival Astros since 2013. If Jason Dominguez, Everson Pereira, Oswaldo Perez, and Anthony Volpe all start tonight, it would mark the first time the Yankees had four players 23 years or younger start in the same game since ninth uh since um september 18th 1969 versus the washington when ron blumberg 21 frank tapito 21 and thurman munson 22 jesus the baby bombers officially gave way to the yanks youths the name is corny but it's quite funny how similar jack's position is between september 2016 and september 23rd the teams were almost certainly out of the playoff spot but still played a rejuvenated brand of baseball that's a bit little too late so if you guys are listening to what i just said on this uh, website here man this has to be one of the most exciting times for yankees even though we're not winning games and we're not probably going to make the playoffs and we're not even if we do we need a lot of things to happen and if we, even if we do make the playoffs we're probably not going to do well either but it just shows you that seven years ago on this day gary sanchez um uh, Tyler Austin, Aaron Judge came to play and um, came up and made the Baby Bombers. And now it's looking like the same thing. Same month versus Boston seven years ago. Same month against Houston. First sweep of Houston since 2013. Jason Dominguez, Parara, Peraza, Volpe doing amazing. Wells as well. So it's it's a bright, it's a great and bright future for us as Yankee fans and as as the Yankees as well. But at the same time, guys, we are now 70 and 70 after losing last night 10 to 3 against the Detroit Tigers, which previously we were on a five game winning streak. We were trying to push. Right now, we got 22 games left. We need to win 17 out of these 22 games for us to even have a chance to make the playoffs. And that's including people, teams to lose as well. So it's going to be hard, but if anyone could do it, it's the Yankees. But another thing that we have to come into question is the management. Does Brian Cashman and Anthony Aaron Boone need to go? To me, to be honest, I don't think I think Cashman needs to go, and I really think Aaron Boone needs to go. I'm gonna hope that he closes out the season, and if he gets us to the playoffs as well as bad as we started, maybe Aaron Boone stays. But at the same time, Cashman's just been pissing me off his decision making, and oh, doesn't want to go all in. I had a chance to get a couple people at the trade deadline. Didn't really get nothing. I mean, we just we're okay with be just being okay. We're like the the Dallas Cowboys, and you know, guys, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan for life. 
and for Hart, same with the Yankees. But both of my my one of my favorite teams are both the same. Don't want to do nothing and is okay with just being okay. That's not that's frustrating for us as Yankee fans, and it should be frustrating as the uh, for the Yankees front office and everybody there. Uh, but I think that needs to come in question. Maybe Boone and Cashman need to go. We need to reset the lineup. But the way we have it with the rookies and Aaron Judge, Stanton, Lemayu, and Torres, and then with the rookies following Dominguez, Wells, Volpe, Pereira, Peraza, uh, Cabrera is another one. I think that's really good with Kyle Gashioka there too. Uh, I think that, that the way our lineup is now is should where our lineup should be the start of next year and not the other way around with these old these old heads that can't really do much. Uh, but let's move on from the Yankees front office needs and how the rookies look promising to now big news out of the NFL. Uh, we got Joe Burrow. Joe Man Burrow gets his money. Bengals have agreed to terms with Burrow on a five-year, $275 million extension that includes $219 million guaranteed. Sources tell ESPN the deal makes him the highest paid player in NFL history, a well-earned deal for a player who has transformed Cincinnati's franchise. He came in the league and was looking well, tore his ACL and whatever. Bengals sucked that year, came in the next year, took them to the Super Bowl. And then the year after that was playing phenomenal. Just got, fell up short. Same thing last year. Fell off short. He's coming for a Super Bowl, I'm telling you. What does, what does this mean for Burrow? This establishes Burrow to, at 26 as the Bengals quarterback for the foreseeable future. This deal commends his status as the foundation on which the rest of the franchise will be built. In December, when Burrow was asked... Burrow was asked about the window for the Bengals to win a championship. He equipped the window my whole career. That sentimental has permitted the building, especially after the Bengals had one of the most impressive seasons in franchise history. Cincinnati matched its high mark for the most wins in a regular season 12 and had a dominating road victory against the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round before losing to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. During the eight-game winning streak that stretched from Week 9 to the end of this regular season, Burrow completed 67.4% of his passes with 18 touchdowns and 6 interceptions. In three of those games, his completion percentage over ex- expectation was greater than 10%, according to ESPN stats and information, a reflection of his superb accuracy. Burrow, now entering his fourth year, currently holds the NFL record for the highest career completion percentage at 68.2%. Can the... Bengals keep other plays, including receivers Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I believe they can. Uh, in each of the past two seasons, Burrow has accounted for roughly 5% of the team's total salary cap. So it's going to be hard to pay now Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But they got to get it well. But I think this is great for Cincinnati, keeping Burrow and all that stuff. I think Burrow, um, Joe Burrow's five-year run, 2019 wins a national championship at Heisman Trophy. 2020 drafted number one overall pick. Gets yourself playing great, goes plays um fantastic season, gets to the Super Bowl, loses, goes to the AFC Championship a uh, previous year and another AFC Championship the previous year, both losing to Kansas City. I mean you can't ask for much from Joe Burrow. They just need a little extra oomph to get past them. But other than that, I think Burrow's gonna be set for life with this team. They 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 got a great quarterback in Burrow and I can't wait to see him on Sunday. But let's move on from that. Another great news around the NFL is Chiefs Chris Jones Attends the team's opener last night versus the Lions despite the ongoing contract holdout. So if you guys don't know, Chris Jones is uh is the best one of the best defensive tackles in the in football and the best defensive guy on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, 
But he did not take the field against the Lions week one thanks to an ongoing holdout. But the star defensive lineman is in the building for Kansas City season opener serving a sweet. All the All-Pro veteran has threatened to sit out half of the 2023 campaign while seeking a new contract. But the Chiefs were aware were aware he planned to attend their game against the Lions and weren't opposed to him, opposed to him being there. The NBA, NBC Sports reported earlier that Jones would watch Thursday's opener from the suite, adding the 49ers' recent extension of the star pass rusher Nick Bosa, who could accelerate long-term contract talks between the two sides. Chiefs coach Andrew Reed told reporters this week that there was no progress in the contract negotiation with Jones reportedly seeking a deal worth at least $30 million per year, but the Super Bowl champ lineman has remained in the area, hinting a future with the club, even appearing at a recent Kansas City Chiefs charity event and suggesting he's ready to play as soon as the deal is ironed out. Jones is technically under the contract with the Chiefs through the season due to a 19.5 base salary in the last year of a four-year $80 million extension he signed in 2020. He's been one of the game's top interior pass rushers, one on the field, racking up 56.5 sacks and 55 tackles for a loss in his last five seasons, while finishing their third defensive player of the year voting during Casey's 2022 title run. Basically, what I just told you shows that this guy is the real deal for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they need him on defense, and it showed last night with the run game. Um, the Lions were running that last drive for the Lions. They ran right down the middle of Kansas City where Jones would be to stop that pass, that uh, that rush. And without him, man, it's going to be hard to to verse Dallas, Bengals, Titans, Raiders, Steelers, any Giants, any guy with a freaking monster running back. It's going to be really hard. And a good offensive line is going to be freaking ridiculously hard to stop these boys, uh, to stop the other team without Chris Jones on there. But let's hope he gets there because without Chris Jones, I don't think they can. I think they'll make the playoffs definitely, but I don't think they'll win in a Super Bowl without Chris Jones. I think that's how big of an impact he is on this team. Uh, but moving on from that, basically staying with the same per- people, uh, we're going off of the. Um, we're going to, going off with. Uh, Travis Kelsey, man. Travis, they were missed. Last night, Kansas City lost 21-20 against the Lions. Kansas City really missed Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, without him on the field, it's like losing losing a quarterback, really. Because he, he does everything for Patrick Mahomes. He gets out of the pot. Once, once Mahomes runs out of the pocket, he's looking for areas on the field that's open. And he usually uh, Patrick Mahomes usually finds him wide open. Um, just you, losing that, um, that offense and that effort. Uh, really kills. Uh, with while the Chiefs' defense um, repelled the Lions all night, their potential pr- high-scoring offense fizzled undone by drop passes, penalties, and miscommunication. Patrick Mahomes looked to beat off the offensive line. Played well until two significant penalties that the Chiefs tried to march for a go-ahead field goal, and just about everyone who had an opportunity to get their hands on the ball dropped it at least once. At all leading to a 21-20 to loss at Arrowhead Stadium. Perhaps it would have turned out differently if Mahomes had Kelsey, his all-pro tight end, and sure-handed security blanket who missed the game after hyperextending his knee in practice two days earlier. I mean, you're losing. I, I mean, you're losing. I think that's the best tight end of all time, Mahomes said. It's going to have an impact on the game, but other guys have to step up, and they're going to have to step in moments because I'm sure there will be times when he gets doubled, and we're just going to have to rely on guys that are young and talented to step up and make plays. Mahomes finished by saying, I believe they will, but they did little Thursday night to create a whole lot of confidence. Uh, Noah Gray, who was first off the bench to replace Kelsey, miscommunicated once with Mahomes and dropped his pass on another play. Jer- Jer- uh, Jarek McKinnon 
Jarek McKinnon, who rarely drops a pass, did so late in the game. Kadarius Tony not only had one bounce off his hands for a pick six, but dropped that would have been a long, a long gain as the Chiefs were driving for go-ahead points. Hard to believe that Kelsey would have dropped so many balls under any circumstances. Uh, got to be better as offense, said Blake Bell. Another Kansas City tight end defense battled their tails off. Played great offensively. We've got to finish when we get there down there. And whatever it is, drop the balls. We're just not scoring. Kelsey tried to convince the Chiefs coach Andy Reid and trainer Rick Bird to let him play. Going through a series of drills early in the day, but he acknowledged some pain in the knee. And Reid and Burkholder decided to give him the night off. Their hope has that the 10 days before the Chiefs' next game in Jacksonville is enough to ensure Kelsey is back on the field. I feel like we put ourselves in some bad situations. We didn't execute, couldn't get conversations on third conversions on third down, McKinnon said. When you play against a good team, you can't, can't do these things. If you can't come up with points, this is what happens. I mean, without Kelsey, some people guys got to step up. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes can't do everything out there. I mean, he was trying to, but as you can see, um, if you only got one guy, you need, you rely on only one guy, um, the recipe for success is going to falter and it's going to turn into disaster. So let's hope that um, Mahomes can uh, figure this out, Kansas City can figure this out, because starting out 0-1 off of winning the Super Bowl is not a good start. Uh, but the Lions, hats off to the Lions, but I really don't think the Lions beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs beat themselves with drop balls, like I said, um, miscommunications, uh, penalties and just uh, silly moments during the game. Uh, Mahomes looked a beat off, like I said. So let's hope that he recuperates himself first game of the season. I think he'll come back at Jacksonville and go off again. Uh, but he had a quiet night, 226 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Missed 17 passes, so really wasn't as well as he usually is. Uh, but let's move on from the Chiefs and finish our, our show with some UFC uh, we got an interesting matchup, uh, fight, um, interesting ma- matchup uh, tomorrow night with UFC versus Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland um, Saturday night. This is going to be a matchup. UFC 293 coming to you Saturday night, uh, September 9th, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, middleweight title bout. This is for the title right here. Israel Adesanya. So I'm going to go over some of the matchups right here. Israel Adesanya matchup stats. Um, he's 24 and 2 in his career. Uh, Strickland is 27 and 5. Last fight, they both won their last fight. Country, they're from, uh, Adesanya's from, uh, Nigeria. Strickland's from the United States. Height, 6 foot 4. Israel Adesanya. Strickland, 6'1. Weight, 197 pounds for Strickland, 184.50 for Adesanya. Reach, 76 in inches for Strickland, 80 inches for Adesanya. Leg reach 41 and a half inches for Strickland, 44 and a half for Adesanya. So really, most of the stuff goes to Adesanya. Uh, the reach, the leg reach, uh, the height, uh, the record, the title. Really, the only thing that Strickland has over Adesanya is that he is uh, heavier. And that's pretty much it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think... The uh, let's look at some of the odds. Uh, money line minus six hundred for Adesanya. Uh, money line for Strickland plus four forty. Um, so we'll see how uh, how this is gonna how this is gonna go. 
But I, I believe Inesanya takes this dub, and I think he shows who's the real champ out here. The last style bender in Israel Adesanya takes the win over Strickland. I think it's going to be a good fight. I don't think it's going to be a, uh, a like a knockout. I think Adesanya wins in a decision. But as I, as you can see, there's a lot of different stuff that's going on. But I'm going to go over the uh, the fight card. So lightweight uh, bout, uh, Nazar head Perest versus Landon Coinas, United States from Morocco, uh, Jamie Malariki and John Macadesi, Jesus, Australia and Canada. You got Jack Jenkins, uh, Chipe Maresco of the United States, Carlos uh, Duan Hong, um, South Korea and New Zealand, Tyson Perdro and Anton Turukaji, Sweden and Australia, heavyweight. Justin Taffy and Austin Lane, Austin, Austin Lane, uh, flightweight bout Felipe Dos Santos versus Manuel Cape, uh, heavyweight bout Taya Tuvazaz, wait Taya, uh, versus a Alexander Volvo, Volkovo, I can't say that. Russia and Australia, and then you got the championship main card, which is Israel Asanya versus Sean Strickland. Like I said, I think Israel Asanya is going to take this against Strickland. Uh, I just think Adesanya is much better, uh, but anything could happen. But other than that, guys, that's pretty much it here for my audio show on the uh, Fire Sports Pod, where everything we do here is fire. Uh, before I go, I'm going to show you a little video from uh, Ryan Clark as he explained a little bit about the Adesanya and Strickland fight. Give me a second, guys. Give me a second, guys. Give me a second, guys. So there's an ad, but yo, I really think uh, this uh, the this fight night is gonna be something else. Uh, I think uh, Adesanya is uh, is gonna get uh, show um, Strickland's weaknesses, and he's just gonna pick him apart. Uh, but let's go into this. I got the uh, video up. This is a status bar. So this, this is, is the ad, guys. Let's so know let the difference, uh, okay? Let me uh, pull this down. But other than that, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the show here on the Fire Sports Pod, where everything we do here is fire. Um, like I said, we're about to be posting our YouTube show right after I'm done with this, and then this will be posting shortly after. Uh, we're going to try to get um, some guest hosts next uh, next week. Um, we're going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to do Thursday nights. Um, do the show and then I'm going to post it at like 5, 6 in the morning on Friday. So look out for that. TikToks are going to change as well. Uh, to all the TikToks are going to be at around, are going to be posted around 5.30 a.m. Eastern time. Um, so you guys should check that out. It's going to be early. So once you guys get up, it'll be right there on your feed. Uh, Monday through Saturday, TikToks 5.30 in the morning. Uh, Friday is going to be posted. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the YouTube show is going to be posted between 5 and 6 a.m. But right now we have the uh, uh, the the video on, so let me uh, give you to this right now. Dancer. Israel Adesanya, from a striking standpoint, is one of the most skilled strikers we've ever seen in the UFC. And this is...
be a battle of two different personalities. Sean Strickland making fun of Izzy liking anime and dancing and painting his nails, wearing pearls. And then he's coming out thinking he's just going to bully this guy. This is going to be one of those times where we get an opportunity to see that just because I want to dress, just because I want to have a fresh haircut, doesn't mean I'm not about violence. So I look forward to watching this fight and seeing how Israel Adesanya attacks Sean Strickland and also how he decides to put him away. Well, R.C., I want to say this. First of all, I want to give, in all seriousness, give you and D.C. a lot of love for what y'all are doing with y'all podcast. The only thing I'm salty about is the fact Appreciate that it, you haven't invited me on. I really, I'm really, really disgusted by that. Y'all, y'all are supposed to love me, but we'll talk about that another day. I want to oh, say this. Stephen ain't funny, guys. He's nuts. I want to say this, though. Adesanya, it is time that we start talking about him as the very best in the world. Thank you. And the one thing that I want to emphasize yeah. with him, guys, is... What makes him the best in the world in my mind right now, arguably, is the loss. To lose to Poirier, to, to mm. lose to this man, and then to come back. I mean, first of all, he knocked you out as a kickboxer. He yep. stopped you in the octagon over yep. a year ago. And then for you to lose to this man, not once but twice, and then come back in the ring and take him out. Third time that says knock a lot about Adesanya. I'm really interested in seeing him go against this South African dude that he's been beefing with for a while. But obviously he's got to handle his business. That's right. Obviously he's got he's got to handle his business against Strickland first. But we need to look at Adesanya and really recognize that if it wasn't for him cussing so damn much because he can't control himself, okay, we'd have him on national television (laughs) over over FCC airwaves even more because this brother is elite. And by the way, he's inspirational too. He gives a lot of inspirational talk. I I love Adesanya. I really, really do. So if you guys look at that, so that's basically Stephen A. and Ryan Clark talking about how Strickland and Adesanya is going to be a great fight. We're going to see some some strikes out. Um, People are sleeping on Strickland. Strickland's got a good good punch. He, he He can knock some people out. But Adesanya is the last style bender. He beat Strickland again. We got to talk about him as being the best, one of the best in the world, if not the best. Um, because Adesanya is that dude. Like I said, he lost to Pereira uh, twice, one in kickboxing, like Stephen A. said, then one in the octagon came back and then knocked him the hell out and just said, nope, this is my championship and I'm taking it back from you. So that's one way to go out. But other than that, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the show here on the Fire Sports Pod. Sorry it took a little while to get that um, that video up, but I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Like I said, that was Ryan Clark and Stephen A. Smith on first take talking about the Adesanya and Strickland fight to UFC 293 this weekend, tomorrow, Saturday night, 10 o'clock. Don't miss it. Everybody, have a great rest of your uh, weekend. And enjoy football. Enjoy the fight. Enjoy the Yankees. Let's go, Yanks. See you guys. Peace out. Also, don't forget, Giants and Cowboys, 820 Eastern Time on Sunday night. Don't miss that. Let's go, Cowboys. Peace out, guys.